podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone, we are back to the turf today and on Thursday the 29th of July, an exciting new racing venture, the Racing League, is about to start. And I'm with Ollie Harris, their Chief Marketing Officer, to tell us all about it. Great to have you on the podcast, Ollie. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, I feel very uh, privileged to be on. Thanks very much for having me. Well, thank you. Well, we've got the 100 coming up uh, this week for cricket, and we've now got the Racing League starting on the 29th of July. How are plans going less than two weeks before the first meeting at Newcastle? Uh, as you can imagine, it's it's pretty hectic. Um, I, we, we kind of knew that the Euros were going to kind of take everyone's attention for, for some, you know, for a month or so. Uh, and then everything was going to sort of kick off all at once. And especially when you've got broadcast partners like we do in Sky and TalkSport that are, you know, obviously very football focused. Um, it's suddenly sort of, now the Euros are finished, everything sort of switched on. With Venom. So, yeah, everything's going well, um, but still quite a lot to do with 10 days uh, until we start the first uh, race meeting. And you were due to start like the 100 was in 2020. Yeah, we were supposed to go last July uh, after we we actually launched um, at the Queen's Club uh, on, I can't remember, early March. And then there was Cheltenham about a week later. And then, of course, everything was locked down soon after that. And it became apparent pretty quickly that, you know, even if there were people back on race, uh, if there, sorry, if there was racing back on, there wouldn't be people there. And, you know, racing leagues focus is, was about fans. And, uh, you know, we, we made the decision pretty early that we had no choice but to delay, which from a business point of view is a killer because, you know, you don't have any income or any way of making any money for a year. So, you know, it's not, it's not been easy to get to this point. Um, but, you know, we laid down £2 million worth of prize money and, that's the motivation for us really to, to get the show on the road. And uh, so the last year has been difficult, but it has given us a bit of extra time for planning and coming up with some other ideas. So in some ways, it's, it's been a sort of a poisoned benefit, if you like. Right. Well, to start with, I wanted to get to know your own racing background. Yeah, well, I don't actually have a, a background in racing per se. Um, I've been a racing fan, if you like. I've always paid an interest in racing. My family, especially my dad, is a big racing fan. But it was never something I worked in. Um, Jeremy Ray, who came up with the, the team idea a few years ago, he and I have played tennis together. And I I have a, a, a sort of a hobby website called The Sporting Blog that I interviewed Jeremy for in his capacity as a former chairman of Swindon Town. Uh, basically an interview about what it's like to be a chairman of a football club in the lower leagues. And um, as we, you know, we did that and we, we talked about a few other things and, you know, I, I worked in marketing for 20 plus years um, and in, in various sports as a consultant, whatever. And, you know, we kind of hatched this idea and it sort of grew and grew and um, Ben and Charlie uh, also got involved and all of a sudden we had this, this idea and, you know, we raised, we raised some money to, to launch the business and do various things. And, and here we are. So, uh, but I think, you know, Jeremy's background is very much in racing and, and Charlie obviously as well. Uh, but I think it was, kind of an on-purpose decision to make sure that we weren't all completely inside the racing bubble and to take some learnings from our previous sort of careers and, and different sectors and um, and put that into racing. And I think, you know, that's 
probably the the result is what you see on screen now when you look at racing league well it's probably a good idea to get some perspective from people outside as you say the bubble to give oh. fresh ideas has this idea been um used abroad anywhere well so the thing is we we launched this idea if you like in at the end of 2017 i think was when we first mooted it and we had some press releases i think around 2018 beginning of the year um there have been there, there's actually one in australia that's not the same they, they're called something similar but there is the idea of, of racing with teams but it's not quite the same thing look it's been done before right there's been the furl- the football furlong which is where the the uh the jockeys rode in football kits i've actually got the tottenham hotspur silks that um <laughs> someone donated to me when i first started uh, working in racing um and there's obviously the Shergar Cup every year at Ascot, which is a one-day uh, sort of team event. But I don't think anyone's previously uh, sort of tried to join the dots, if you like, and make a sort of season out of it. So ours is obviously six weeks, uh, six uh, six events. Um, I think it's that that level of consistency probably hasn't been thought of before because it's expensive, right? That's the truth. Um, it's it's not a cheap thing to do uh, to to buy racing fixtures, if you like, through the sponsorship and put on the events and uh, pay everyone. Um, so, you know, the, the thought of it is is quite daunting. So, no, I don't think anyone's really done anything similar, but I expect they will going forward. It's our ambition to take Racing League to other jurisdictions once we've proven that the concept works here and that there's a market for it. Um, we'll obviously see how that goes. But, um, yeah, look, it's it's not a rocket science format. That's the whole point of it. You know, it's 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 meant to take the the things that other sports do well and just apply them to racing for our event only. I'm not saying that this should replace anything else in racing. These are new fixtures. It's new money. It's completely separate. We're not involving the pattern. We're not getting involved in group horses. Nothing like that. So you know, it's a purely uh, it's an extra, an added extra, if you like, and and in a format that maybe people can get into. Maybe the purists won't love it quite so much, but at the end of the day, it's still 36 horse races. Well, thanks for that. We we know that the league starts on the 29th of July, and you've mentioned a few things there in uh, your brief introduction there, but can you let us know more about the, the format? Yeah, so there's 12 teams, and each team is made up of 30 horses, uh, three jockeys, and about two to four trainers, depending on the team setup. Some have two, some have four. Um, those teams will each enter one horse, in each 36 each of 36 races so we have 12 runners guaranteed apart from you know any last minute injury or something uh in all 36 races and yeah one team has one horse in each so from race one all the way through to race 36 you'll see the same teams uh, the same jockeys riding in the same team colors uh, week after week and you know that's the kind of simplicity of, of the format and it, you know it's great to guarantee 12 runner handicaps they're very bookmaker friendly i think there is a good number of horses for a handicap race and you know it's really quite that simple um i, I think that the the team element and and the league if, if you know so by winning a race you get 25 points and points go all the way down to 10th place which gets one point very much like formula one um the league structure and you know who's going to win that kind of adds the the narrative to it but in terms of actually watching the racing it's pretty straightforward. You know, it's not the whole point of the team format was that you'll get used to the fact that Holly Doyle is wearing the 
lack of team talk sport each week or however obviously rides and you know you can identify that that black team is team talk sport straight away uh, you don't need to go down to your race card and find out who's running in the spots and the stripes and the color hat and who's the jockey and all the rest you know it, it's supposed to be uh, a, a thing that, that anyone could turn on the tv and kind of get um pretty quickly of course it will take a bit of explaining just because People that know racing uh, think of it in a certain way. People who don't know racing don't know what's going on anyway. That's the truth. So we hope that the format provides some simplicity. Um, but yeah, the, the week after week action, I think, is the key bit. Six races a night on Thursday, every Thursday for six weeks. Um, and the interesting thing, of course, is that what happens in race one, in theory, will affect what happens in race 24. You know, because these races are connected. You know, if you won every race, of course, you win the league. But you finish third or fourth, then second, then fifth, first, you still might win that night and you might put yourself in a very good position in the table. So everything's to play for. The horses will be ridden fully. There's no point in hanging back the horse and not trying or any of that stuff because you're not looking after racing. You're trying to get points. Um, so it and you, and you've, got all the t- you, you've got all the top jockeys and trainers involved, haven't you? Uh, well, you know, quite a lot of them. Um, there's, there's obviously, we can't fit everyone in and that's certainly been debated on social media this weekend about how we managed to get the trainers in and, and why there's 40 of them and not more. Um, but yes, we've, we've got a lot of support from the trainers and jockeys. Of course, it's good prize money. So they're all very keen. Uh, we would have loved to have, have had more in, but there's, there's only so many horses you can fit on the track and um, there's only so many um, people you can have in a team so yeah we've got a wonderful selection of trainers we've also got quite a lot of upcoming jockeys which is important to me especially um we've got four or five really good young stars like laura pearson safi osborne marco gianni david egan you know these are these are the next generation of superstar um and it's great for us to have some of the young guys in amongst the people like paul hannigan frankie dottori and martin dwyer you know and trainers-wise, you've got uh, John Gorston. I think you've got Joseph O'Brien as well, haven't you? Yeah, Team Ireland is Joseph and Donica O'Brien. Um, that's a very interesting team. Uh, all the horses actually were submitted to us on Tuesday, all 360 horses that we made public fairly soon. But uh, they're all very strong teams. But the Irish team is an interesting one to watch because there's a few syndicates um, that have gone out there and bought horses specifically for Racing League and sent them to Joseph and Donica and. Uh, yeah, probably one of the. Well, there's, there's actually a lot of teams to watch, but I think the O'Briens are quite canny, um, and uh, yeah, I, I would I would put them amongst the top three or four favourites to win the competition. That's just and me. I, by the way, I'm a terrible tipster, so if anyone's listening, don't, don't don't put your money on my on my suggestions. But I'm just saying they've got a strong team. Oh, we'll look out for them then. But the, you've mentioned it before, but the prize money is very good, isn't it, for these handicap races? Yeah, £50,000 a race. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the exact average for this level of 0 to 90 horses, but, you know, they wouldn't probably be riding for any more than five or six, 7000 on a daily basis. So it's a significant boost. Um, so it's £2 million overall prize money because the winning team gets 150 k uh, And then there's a £50,000 uh, jockey's sort of championship that runs alongside as well. So the top three jockeys in the competition will split the fifty grand as well. And 150 grand for the winning team uh, is 30 grand to the owners, 30 grand to the stable staff, which we think is important, uh, 60 to the trainers, I think, and then some more for the jockeys. So 
we're trying really hard to we can't we can't change the prize money format that's not that anything to do with us we put for the prize money but with the winning prize we wanted to make sure that the stable staff were were rewarded as well because they're as big a part of the team as anyone else um, and there's so six, six races uh, on six separate Thursdays. What race courses are involved? So we start at Newcastle uh, and then we drop down. So week one is Newcastle. Then we drop down to Doncaster for week two, then to Lingfield, then Windsor, then Lingfield again, and then the finale at Newcastle. And each race is over different distances. You've got a range, haven't you? That's right. So the six races, uh, they're five furlongs, six furlongs, seven, then a mile mile and a quarter, mile and a half. So the kind of full gamut of, of distances, which makes it interesting because obviously the teams have entered horses on that basis. You know, they've got, there's a sprint division, the middle, the middle distances, and then they're kind of the, the more getting towards the staying races. So uh, it's very interesting. Uh, and again, once the full list of horses is out, people will be able to see how they, how the teams have picked their horses to, to accommodate those different races, but the same distances each night. Um, again, trying to keep it as simple as possible two sprints two middle distance and two longer distance races and you've mentioned it before but what's the reaction been from from the industry um you know it's been mixed there's no doubt about it we've obviously got a hell of a lot of support um as as probably borne out by the, the number of trainers jockeys and sponsors that are involved but there'll always be skepticism um obviously this podcast has a a, a, a very strong cricket angle to it and we've said a few times 20 odd years ago whenever it was if I'd walked into the walked into Lords and said to the ECB I'm going to get everyone to wear pink clothes go out batting to music put a hot tub by the side of the pool and and it's by the way it's only 20 overs you know people would have fallen off their chair um but you know you have to try new ideas and in the case of 2020 it's been you know more than a roaring success uh, I don't think personally it's to the detriment of the long format of the game. Perhaps technique has suffered a bit um, and perhaps there are now specialist players. But if anything, that means that there's that, that it has been a success because you've got people who specialise in different formats of the game, which means more people can earn a living and, and put on the show. I think in our case, it's something a bit similar. You know, again, we're not saying that it should get in the way of the standard racing, you know, the pattern or any of that stuff. Uh, so, look, everyone is going to be watching um probably with a raised eyebrow but we've put an awful lot of money into the media side of it we're trying to promote it to the person in the street uh rather than just racing fans and we hope that it captures the public's imagination a bit and you've also attracted some new sponsors uh, and new funding for any sport in particular racing is is good news well, yeah, I mean, that often goes unnoticed that we brought in so far. Well, by the end of today, I think we were brought in 11 or 12 brand new sponsors to racing who've never put a penny in before. Uh, and of course, we are now about the fourth or fifth biggest sponsor in racing by virtue of the prize money we put up ourselves. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's all new money for the sport. And these brands, you know, the likes of eToro and Odds Bible and, and, and the Goat Agency, you know, these are pretty fresh uh, interesting companies with vision um, with purpose and I think that horse racing sponsorship has long been one of those things where if the CEO of a company likes racing you know they do something in racing uh, and that's the same in all sports I'm sure um, but racing can't really survive on that so we need to offer them something and this is the kind of circular discussion that 
if we didn't have the team format, we wouldn't be able to put a sponsor's name against a team. So the argument of oh, the team format's no good. Well, it's ne- it's necessary. That's how the sponsorship comes, so, and they and they want to sponsor the team because they want the fans to engage. So without the team thing, there is no sponsorship and there is no fan engagement. So people might moan that oh, the team format is it's against the ethos of racing. Was a quote I saw on Twitter this weekend. But if the ethos of racing is to have no racing because there's no money, then fine, you won't have any racing. Uh, people can moan about prize money until the cows come home and blame bookmakers for it. But at the end of the day, lots of other sports. And most sports are pinned up by two things, media rights and commercial partnerships. And football does it brilliantly. NFL, NBA, MLB, golf, tennis, they do it fantastically. And that's why these players earn so much money. Um, And in racing, everyone's starved and uh, clawing at uh, trying to get every penny here, there and everywhere. But the commercial side of the sport at the moment is not doing what it should be. So our idea, which is an idea until it's proven, has brought in money and it's and so we've established one thing now let's see if the show entertains people as well and the brands get what they hope they're going to get out of it and i think the generation of today like um the team idea as well and we've seen through the ipl like you're saying about the attachment of, of businesses and very large brands attaching themselves to teams has worked as well and who knows the ecb are against it but i can't see that not happening at some time in the hundred if that's a successful venture as well well it's worked in motorsport ever since you know it began that's because someone had to fund those teams to begin with right and it was the same in baseball when it started uh, professionally you know people owe the teams and then they gave them names and nicknames to make them more but you know you look at japanese rugby japanese football you know these teams are owned by by companies so their brands attached to it in our case, it's quite simple. We, we have a lot of prize money to, to, to pay for, uh, and the teams need partnering. Now, a shirt sponsorship is one thing, but naming a racing team, you can't really do that in anything else but motorsport or maybe ocean sailing, you know, uh, where you have Oracle, and maybe also in, in cycling, where Team Sky, you know, probably the biggest brand in recent years in cycling. So it's something that people can relate to, I believe. Um, I'm not saying that everyone has an emotional attachment to brands like this. But it's a lot easier for someone to understand Team Odds Bible than it is to understand the owner's name, different silks, horse's name. I don't remember that. You know, again, nothing's wrong with that. That's the traditional. That's the normal way. But in our setup, I think it's important that those teams have clear and obvious identities. Hence the twelve colours and uh, twelve brands. And where can uh, people follow the races through the media? So all the races are live on Sky Sports uh, Racing uh, and uh, the first race of every meeting is live on TalkSport and all the races, the other five races are live on TalkSport too. Uh, if you keep your eyes out, if you buy the Sun newspaper, you'll see a preview pull out this Thursday. If you buy the Times, there'll be a preview pull out in the Times this Saturday. And of course, our social channels are getting pretty busy at the moment. And um, of course, one of, one great thing about having 12 branded teams is that they share social content amongst themselves. So uh, if you check out Racing League on Twitter or Facebook, you'll, you'll see quite a bit of action over the next couple of weeks. And you're looking to attract a younger and more diverse audience? Yeah, I suppose this is the thing that everyone sort of says to us um, about the new audience. Um, my personal take on it is that it's not necessarily a new audience you want it's 
the person that goes racing once a year or once every two years, the person that every year watches the Grand National and maybe catches a bit of Cheltenham. It's those people, I think, that you want to try and, well, we want to try and drag in. Because once or twice a year, racing takes centre stage. Grand National is the most unbelievable race in terms of people watching. It has a, 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 an appeal that sort of tr- transcends sport, really. Uh, those people, however, turn it off after that and they don't watch racing again until the following year. I think that what we're trying to do is just say, look, there's something that's every Thursday night. It's a bit of fun. Uh, it's really simple to understand. You know, everyone knows what a horse race is. You don't have to explain horses running in a line. Um, but I think that the, the way the, the kind of traditional racing calendar works is that it's quite hard for people to follow. So let's get the person that goes once a year to tune in to Racing League, play a fantasy game or whatever it is, and see whether we can just capture their attention for a bit. And then maybe they'll, maybe through Racing League, they might then just deep, delve a bit deeper into racing in general. Well, the more people you get interested in any sport um, is vital to its long-term survival. And you've also got uh, other entertainment on the nights of the races, I think, haven't you? Yeah, we, we're, we're basically the racing starts after six, but we're opening the gates um, earlier, about two o'clock. And the idea is for, we have a food festival, uh, lots of drinks and, you know, that sort of thing. Plus we've got DJs playing all day and all night. And the DJs, Amy Lauren is our star DJ. She's curated a selection of DJs who are local to the racetracks. So the idea is for them to give back to their fans. So each of those DJs will put their own spin on the day. But the fact is that they're from Newcastle, Windsor, Lingfield, etc. And it was important to us to try and do something local rather than just putting on a Tom Jones type at the end of the day. That's not really what our, our thing is about. It's about engaging with fans throughout. So we'll have Fans are able to make playlist suggestions, you know, songs they want to hear, that sort of thing. And meant to be just a bit more casual um, and a bit more interactive, really. It sounds like all about getting more people engaged and involved in going racing. And and you also got the Fantasy League, I think, like we've got for football, cricket and lots of other sports. Yeah, we're doing that with Dream Team, um, which I don't think Dream Team have ever done another sport apart from football before. So that's another first for racing. Um, that Dream Team game should be out this week. Uh, I hope the, actually, you know, if this is going to go out on uh, Sunday, then it should already be out. So please go play Dream Team. Uh, yeah, look, it, back to the interaction thing. We've, we've got a Dream Team game. It's very simple. And we've also got the Racing League raffle, which I urge everyone to play. Uh, proceeds of that go to our charity racing to school and obviously bearing out the cost of the prizes but you know you can win a racehorse in training for a year she's a wonderful horse we bought last week at the sales uh, called majestic tejan uh, who had has won a race um, but again it's all about trying to get people involved like buy a raffle ticket you might be able to win a racehorse but there's loads of other prizes and we've also got a partnership with rewards for racing whereby fans get rewards points for doing certain things like interacting with the league tweeting using social media etc so the whole thing is supposed to be interactive and this is where the brands get some benefit the fans get benefit from winning prizes and getting rewards and we just get people interested in the competition um and i think that's sometimes what sport's missing you know it does try to be interactive but it's, it almost feels quite distant Whereas racing, we can get people quite close to the action and they can talk to the trainers, they can meet the jockeys and all this sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Interactions are a thing. Yeah, and I think actually trainers and jockeys, especially the young jockeys and young trainers today, are very good at communicating to 
to the public. And that's one of the angles where if you can build on their personalities, especially as you said, you've got quite a lot of young up and coming jockeys to promote, promote the racing league. Yeah, I think they're, they're getting much better at it. I mean, I, I know a lot of sports women and men, you know, they don't like the media side because it, you know, maybe rightly so, you know, their job is to perform. And I think they sometimes feel that, you know, they're doing, they're doing enough work as it is, let alone having to stand in front of a camera and be drilled about things. But racing actually very good on social media, especially on Twitter. You know, they obviously, like everyone, they're the brunt of the bad side of that platform as well. Um, as our footballers found out after last weekend. But overall, it's very good. And they are interactive. The trainers, you know, they give you a lot of inside um, behind the scenes stuff. And I think the jockeys are doing a really good job of that as well. And how will you measure success? This is going to be the first year. Obviously, Racing League is going to continue in 2022. Yeah, I think for us, there's probably two, like from a commercial point of view, there's a few key measures. Um, I think reviewing numbers are important. If no one watches it, then um, how, how will it ever work? Um, and of course, that presents its own challenges because uh, there's so much sport on. There's so many things people can watch and consume. And you mentioned the 100 earlier, but they'll be doing exactly the same thing as we are, trying to get as many Sky Sports viewers to tune into their channel as possible. And I think also, you know, we have to we have to be honest um, and look at the reaction on social. If um, I imagine there's going to be lots of good, and there'll be a fair bit of, of cynicism and and criticism of it as well. We'll have to take a, a view of all of that. Look at the social measuring tools that we have to gauge the sentiment. Um, but you're absolutely right. We will be doing next year, uh, and, and maybe it'll be even bigger next year in terms of fixtures. Um, and I think also the other thing is, of course, commercially, if our partners especially the, the partners that have sponsored teams uh want to go again and think it's been a big success for them well as you said earlier the the t20 revolution there was lots of skeptics when that started in cricket and look where we are with with that now and the the ipl um can you just re- remind us of a final message with the with the key dates really yeah so uh july 29th is uh when we start up at Newcastle and then as you said we go every Thursday night until September the 2nd which the finale is back at Newcastle under floodlights just because it will be a bit darker in the evening by then so it should be a really interesting uh, finale and if our sums are correct we think that really uh, no team should have won the league until the final night um, that should that's how it should work out of course one never knows but we hope that it goes right down to the wire so that you know the finale up in Newcastle uh, is, gives it the send-off it deserves well that's unless your team O'Brien tip will win all the races that's that's true if uh, if Team Ireland uh, do what I think they're going to do they're also ably managed by Kevin Blake who's a very popular figure in the racing world but I know that he and Joseph and Donica have been scheming uh, and uh, getting their team together quite cleverly for the last couple of months. So, yeah, I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting you have a bet on, on the O'Briens, but uh, certainly one to watch. And we'll be having listeners now just checking out the price of that team. I'm sure. <laughs> don't, don't shoot me, that's all I'm saying. Well, thank you very much, Ollie, for joining us, joining me on the Paddock and the Pavilion, and the very best of luck for your new venture, the Racing League, which starts on Thursday the 29th of July at Newcastle Racecourse. Thanks, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and now on Instagram at The Pad and Pav. 
Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.